0: Hello, and welcome to Being Boss, a
1: podcast for creative entrepreneurs. I'm Emily Thompson. And I'm Kathleen Shannon. In this episode, it's just Kathleen and me looking back at 2017, the highlights and challenges, both personally and professionally. And as always, you can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. Alright bosses, I hope the IRS isn't listening to this
0: because I have a confession to make. I am really good at tracking my expenses, but I am not the best at saving my receipts. I know, it's 2017 and we still need printed receipts. But get this, FreshBooks Cloud Accounting has made it easy. You can simply photograph your receipts with your phone, attach them to your expense, and be 100% legit. FreshBooks has a lot of features for tracking your expenses, including tax-friendly categories, multi-currency expenses, and easy-to-read categorization. Try FreshBooks Cloud Accounting for free by going to freshbooks.com beingboss and enter beingboss in the how did you hear about us section. What's What's up, Emily? It's been a hot minute since we've recorded just the two of us.
1: Right? It's been a busy year, which I guess is what we're here talking about. But I do feel like we haven't had moments between just the two of us to have those usual conversations and share them. So I'm excited to see what crazy shit comes out of today. (laughs) I know. It's funny to think that we started this podcast,
0: what, four years ago now? Or is it Yes, three, we are four. beginning
1: year number four with this episode. Oh okay. my God. So, the goal was
0: that we were going to start publishing our business bestie conversations and bringing them to the world to hear. And the podcast has grown so much beyond that. And we're so lucky that we get to talk to so many experts in the industry, in lots of different industries. Um, and some brilliant thought leaders. But it's also cool whenever we get a chat just the two of us. I agree. But I wanted to like focus our conversation around it's the beginning of the year. And so like I want to take a look back and look at where we're at and then look forward and really just have one of those like good old-fashioned business bestie conversations.
1: Yeah. So let's get started. I think whenever I think about like having these sort of recap sessions with people. There's always a couple of things that, that come up and those being what we loved most about the past year, what we found the most challenging. Um, I think we should also talk about intentions, like our word of the year. Why not? And see how those have played out and maybe dive into what we have coming in 2018 because I feel like my sleeves are getting full of things. <laughs> right. So many things up my sleeves.
0: Okay, so thinking about 2017, you know, let's let's look at what went really well. Like, what were some of your favorite moments, those highlights that really stand out to you over the past year?
1: Sure, looking back, I know I got a ton of shit done, for sure. But I also feel like I had more time off this year than ever before. Like, I think back to the summer... I feel like I worked mostly four-day weeks, which were pretty fantastic. I think I took several Fridays off for either travel or hiking or whatever. I also took several vacations. Um, So I feel, like, I feel like I got a lot of work done, but my work time was more impactful. So that it allowed me to have a little more breathing time and time in my life. So that is that kind of colors very beautifully my year as a whole. But I think specifically... One of the big ones, especially personally, was I paid off my student loans this year, which is huge for me. And hopefully most of you, or hopefully not most of you, but I imagine most of you listening, probably sitting under some student loan debt. And for me to have not only finally paid them off, but paid them off three years faster than expected or than planned, and having done them... Or having paid them off with my own business, like my own ability to make revenue on my own, not someone else paying my paychecks, um, was kind of huge and felt really amazing. But I will also tell you, which may be a buzzkill for most of you, having them paid off doesn't feel that different.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really? I mean, do you feel like you have more money
1: now or... No. No. Because I'm because the money is now going to our IRA accounts or our health savings account or whatever it may be. So Well, you know what? What? Sometimes being boss
0: doesn't feel it doesn't
1: feel amazing, Sometimes right? it's so- contributing
0: to your retirement account, <laughs> and it feels real boring,
1: but I yeah. guarantee
0: in 40 years, you're going to be feeling real boss about it.
1: Right. I know. I know. So th- that has been sort of a funny thing is I, I really expected it to feel amazing, finally having paid them off, um, but it doesn't feel any different. <laughs> But they're gone, which is super exciting. So now I can think about what I want to do with my credit now. Do I want to buy another house or buy some land or whatever it may be? So I do have some some additional extra opportunities and also just the super boss feeling of knowing that I have paid off a large debt with my own like skills and ingenuity um, in a way that I know most of you are probably like, that's your hopes and dreams. It's totally possible because I did it. High five. Thanks. I
0: have a similar thing where I sold one of my rental properties and it had bad karma, which is the only reason why I sold it. Um, I call it my karma curse house. Anyway, I sold it. And so I had a little bit of a chunk of money from this cell, and I paid down my current house that I'm living in so that I no longer have to pay PMI, which is private mortgage insurance. Basically, I'm paying insurance on the mortgage company to not default on my house, which makes no sense. Anyway, one of those things that's really super boring, but really boss.
1: That is really amazing. David and I were literally talking about that like two weeks ago. And it's a real conversation that bosses have that PMI sucks. And what do you have to do to not pay it anymore?
0: <laughs> right. You have to pay down your house to 25% of the loan. You right. used to have to get it reappraised. Anyway, it's, this is a boring conversation that our bosses do not right. want to listen to. But just so you all know, sometimes business bestie conversations involve some really boring money topics.
1: Or super interesting, depending on where you where you may be. Um, so I'm glad you sold your your karma curse house. I know that that has been a struggle for you for a while. <laughs> so congratulations.
0: My other really personal highlight, whenever it comes down to my last year, is really finally getting in the groove with being a mom. Like it took me about four years to get the hang of it, but I feel like I'm finally at that place in the past year where I'm enjoying every moment. And I'm not taking the typical, you know, three-year-old meltdowns personal. I trust myself that I am strong enough to get through my child's meltdown and that I'm stronger than he is and that I'm going to set the example of what it means to keep my cool in the situation. Professionally, have I kept my cool in every situation? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't done a bad job. Man, business can be so emotional. This has been kind of like an emotional year for me as well. We're still talking about highlights and we'll move on to challenges in a hot minute. But first, I want to hear about your highlight professionally. Like what was the most exciting part of 2017 or the part that felt like an accomplishment or just where you really wanted to high five yourself or, you know, those moments whenever you get to like have a 30,000 foot view of like, I'm doing it. Did you have any of those?
1: Yeah, I had a couple of those this year. I mean, writing the book was such a surreal process, and I feel like so much of that has been those little moments. And for us, that was really like the pinnacle of that during the book creation process was the was the book photo shoot that we did where we went to New Orleans. We had a photographer for three, two days, three days. I can't remember. I we hung out with Sarah the entire time, uh, but we had um, a couple days of photo shoots and like multiple wardrobe changes, and um, and like just laying by the pool and having all these things like happening around us without us having to do it. The book photo shoot was a really big one for me, but I also think about the night of the parade in New Orleans for the big boss vacation. I remember looking around the room either before or after the parade or both, honestly, and seeing all of these bosses decked out in masks and wigs and sequins and thinking – And thinking that the work that we've done has culminated in this joy for all of these people and for all of these people to have shown up so decked out and ready to go and so like high vibing and excited and all of these things like that was probably the moment that I think of like most clearly of like looking around and having this almost like this. I don't know, like out of body experience almost of seeing what we had done, not even from my eyes, but like 30 foot view of like seeing what was happening. And I mean, not 30,000 foot view, 30 foot. That does actually sound adequate. We'll keep that one um, of seeing what was happening and knowing that we had put this thing in motion. Um, that was a moment of amazement for sure. Those bosses brought it. So
0: the book has been a huge part of our 2017 and it's still not even out, but it is available <laughs> right? for pre-order. So if you guys are curious at taking a sneak peek at the book, just go to beingboss.club slash book and we give you
1: all the details there. Right. So what about you professionally? I mean, you've had lots of things going on. Yeah. So, you know...
0: This past year, professionally, um, I think that that moment in New Orleans, that parade was so cool. But what I really liked about it was just looking back at it and thinking we're all brought together because you and I decided to hit record on a podcast. You know, like really contrasting the very first step against what it's turned into has been so cool. So I would encourage any of our listeners to really think about your very first step because you will realize that you have come a really long way and that there is so much to celebrate. And if you're just about to take your first step, just know that it can turn into something that is beyond your wildest dreams. And that's what that moment was for me. But I also thought what was really cool about the New Orleans Parade was really the relationship that we have with FreshBooks Cloud Accounting goes so far above and beyond just a typical sponsor podcast relationship. And I was really proud of that. I mean, they helped us make that parade happen. And seeing Tim from FreshBooks um have such a good time. Like that made me really incredibly proud of what we've created together with them and with their support. So I was really proud of that. That was really truly a highlight. Um so the other thing that's really exciting that stands out for me is braid creative got an office space and it's so amazing we got a third partner we are growing and starting to expand in ways that feels like we're doing it on our terms so really expanding what we've created into an agency has been really scary for us because we grew up in an agency model And anytime we thought about going there, it felt like going back, right? But taking all the principles and philosophies that you and I have learned along the way with recording Being Boss, that we can be bosses and live life and work on our own terms, I can apply that to old models and make them my own. And so we've been really intentional as we grow our business to do it on our terms. And that really culminates and manifests and is so clearly apparent in our office space because you have this idea of what an agency looks like and i'm putting agency in like quote unquote but ours is all you know white and has a ton of plants in it like we're crazy plant ladies (laughs) um we have a bunch of fiber art and textiles and natural wood and concrete and it's just a beautiful oh like faux fur throws all over the place and fiber art. And so it's just real super earthy. It feels so good to be in that space. And it feels good that we don't have to be in that space eight hours a day. Like the, we're just getting to define these rules. So we're partially working from home, partially working from our space. There's still so much flexibility and freedom in our schedules. And I'm just really super proud of that.
1: I love it. And I have found it – or I've been super inspired by y'all's ability to grow and yet keep that authentic – That authentic sense of you guys are just going to work however you want to and having a space doesn't define your work in any different way than working in Tara's writing shed or whatever it may be. So I love that you guys are growing in the the ways that you are and Holly's fantastic (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I know you guys are going to end up doing really awesome things. I'm excited for you.
0: Well, thank you.
1: You'll have to. You need to come to Oklahoma and see the space. I will. You probably won't be able to drag me out with at least taking a couple of plants and pieces of fiber art with me. (laughs) I might steal all of your things.
0: (laughs) Okay. So for you bosses listening from home or your space or wherever you're at in your car, we really want you all to be thinking about your personal and professional highlights in 2017. It is worth noting and celebrating. So do that. But it wasn't all puppies and rainbows and high fives and pats on our backs.
1: There were some serious challenges. Right. I think I've cried more this year than I have any year since I was born, possibly. Legit. Wow. Right? (laughs) I like how you're just like shaking your head at me.
0: Because you know what I mean. I just, I mean, yeah. But you know what's funny about it? Well, I've had a few meltdowns. But I feel like I haven't cried as much. Good. Good, good. But again, this is coming off of year one and two postpartum. Right. right? (laughs) Right. And finally feeling good in that. So I've cried a lot less in the past year than I have. But there have been some serious, like, the tears that I have shed have been real intense. So (laughs) let's get into some of that. What, what would you say some of your biggest challenges were? And what did you learn from that challenge? Because we know that we don't come out of what kind of tears us down weaker, but we come out of it a little bit stronger. So
1: for sure. I almost feel like I've been going through like, not like a quarter life crisis, because that happens when you're 25 and not a midlife crisis, because that happens when you're 50 to 60. So whatever comes in between, I'm having that crisis. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm fine. But um but I have had a lot of points of um of adjusting this year, which we'll get into our word of the year in a minute, but mine was strength and my God has mine been tested every step of the way. Um and just in lots of ways where So I've, one of my biggest challenges this year is figuring out what I'm doing with Indie Shopography, um, with my business and how it is that I want to, to deal with it. Do I want to, do I want to commit myself to building websites? But I've said it here before. I think I don't want to do websites anymore. Um, is it refocusing Indie? Is it passing Indie off to someone else who can, who can, um, who can grow it and focus on it in the way that it needs it? So that has been a huge one. Like what do I do with my business baby basically? has been a huge challenge for me and I have a question for you there because so I
0: kind of re-engaged with braid because I kind of came to a little bit of a I needed to make a decision and being business besties as we are you know I'm curious like how much we influence each other whenever it comes to the decisions we make and obviously I have business partners over on that side and you have you know, David being your business partner at Indie, but it's still a little bit different yeah. where like you still have a lot of autonomy over what really happens. But I'm curious to hear if any sort of, any sort of my decision making whenever it came to reengaging with Braid, like did, did that affect you at all did, at any point? Or did you not even think about it? Which is cool too. I'm not trying right. to make this about
1: me. <laughs> sure, Kathleen. Um, I don't think it really did affect it a little bit or at all um if it did it if it did it made me consider going back more maybe but even then yes was not the answer or going back and doing it was not the or doing websites in terms of indie was not the answer because I'm really really done with websites um so I don't think so not enough to like actually change anything for sure. Um, and we did have a point. So as we were writing the book, that was that was something that came up for us is, you know, whenever we're done writing the book or this book, what are we going to do? Like, am, are we going to still split our time between our two businesses? Are we going to go 100% being boss? What are we going to do? You decided to go back to Braid or not go back because you have been at Braid, um, but you wanted to keep the arrangement between you and braid and being boss but i wanted to go much more being boss and so indy has been in what i've been calling hibernation mode um for a little while where we still have our we still have our old clients we're still doing maintenance and updates and all of those things um but we we haven't taken a new client now in almost 2 years Which is crazy, and it like, and to what end? And am am I keeping it open? Um, So that's been a big challenge, and I have some things in the works and some ideas and things like that. So I'm not just sitting on it, but that has been a huge challenge for me this year. Is figuring out what I'm doing with indie shopography, but it hasn't been just about what I'm doing with the business. It's also been a huge question of what am I doing with my life, (laughs) right? So I've I've really had this like quarter to mid life crisis where um, I'm trying to decide what I want to do. Do I want to be like full-time being boss and podcasting and online business and coaching and all of these things? Um, Or do I want to cook all day? and like hang out with my kid? Or do I want to do something else? Because I have had a hardcore itch for brick and mortar for a really long time. Um, and I don't think it's quite time for me to do the, that yet. Um, but there have just been lots of questions around how do I make my money? How do I ex- express myself creatively? And what am I adding? Or how am I adding value to the world? Um, so just small questions like that. Basically. So all of that has been super challenging for me. But then also the book. Like birthing this book into the world has been a super huge challenge. Um and especially And it's still not even here. It's still not You still have a ways to go. (laughs) I know. And it's and it's still not even here yet. Um, but that one has been really challenging for me as well, as someone who hugely values freedom and self-reliance and and confidence I feel like the book process has tested all of my core values in a very real way that has had me questioning everything and and part of that decision has been with doing traditional publishing and um just like playing by someone else's rules, which is all good and fine, um but has been super challenging for me. Um I think that the end process or the end product will be fantastic. Um the process has been fun and engaging, but it has been super challenging. Um but it also has affected how I look at how I want to grow my own business or my own professional life and that I like the idea of staying small. Like whenever businesses start getting too big and there's too much red tape and too many like opinions that go into decision-making, all of those things. I think that's where things get a little convoluted and messy. And I like the idea of staying small and nimble and responsive um, in a way that allows me to always hold my values um, at the top of what I do instead of trying to weave them around with anyone else.
0: I know. I think that you're kind of one of those lone wolf types.
1: Totally. Totally. You know,
0: where like you, I think, thrive whenever you don't feel caged. And I'm definitely like a wolf pack wolf. Yeah. And part of that's because I need people like you and my sister and, you know, my husband in a lot of ways to like, uh, we're in it together. You know what I mean? And so... Traditional publishing and like working in the book, I can see so many instances where it's like, you know, like the wolf pack, like a couple of them are like tumbling around in circles together. But I think that it's been real interesting. And coming from the agency world, I think maybe gives me a little bit different of a perspective. Like having come from an organization that was still small but worked with big organizations, I think gives me a little bit of perspective into this. But also, whenever I feel pushed, I definitely think that there's this maturity that... I, I always tend to grow and mature out of those moments. And I think that collaborating with a publisher has been so amazing in so many ways. It's definitely tested for sure our patience because that's the thing. That's the main thing is that we get things done so fast and we get them done in the way that we want it. And, you know, collaborating with someone else means that... We have to... I mean, we have to compromise and we're not used to doing that. But I think right. that- And working
1: for- on someone else's timeline has also been <laughs> like, whenever we were talking about getting a book deal and they were talking about spring 2018, we were like, are we even still gonna be relevant then? Like, why is this not <laughs> going to be created five times faster than this? Like, we could publish this book in like three months if you guys are ready. So like the timeline thing has been really difficult, I know, for both of us because we do work so quickly and we have the ability to turn things around so swiftly but working with like a mammoth of a company it's a little slower but it's also so cool
0: being able to bring our expertise to the table there and then their willingness to collaborate with us whenever it comes to you know being on the same page nothing makes me feel more boss than coming out of you know, a meeting with the press team on the publisher side and then being like, wow, I can't believe that I don't have to explain to you what it means to like saturate the market with your message or what a launch campaign is. And so that's really fun to be able to nerd out with them on some things. Um, But for sure, it's just been a challenge. Like anything that's really rewarding can be a challenge. And for me, the biggest lesson coming out of it or what I feel coming out of it is just a new sense of maturity and skills in being able to do it. Yeah. I think that we've grown th- so much through the process.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, yes, absolutely. I If I had known a year ago where I would be now, and not even like having things done, but like emotionally and professionally, I mean, I say I've been crying a lot. <laughs> But even then, maybe that's some maturing on my part where I just like actually need to release those emotions occasionally. Um, but there has been absolutely been some hardcore maturing that's happened. And it's been a fun, interesting process and challenge that's gotten us here. What about you, Kathleen? I still kind of want
0: to do it again. I know, me too. I think it's it's literally <laughs> like having a baby where you're like you forget the pain of labor and delivery, right? right? And
1: and I imagine we will. I can't imagine a scenario when Kathleen and I do not write another book. <laughs> For sure.
0: Yeah, so you know, as as much as we had going on this past year and as glamorous as it can all look on Instagram, I feel like it doesn't come without the flip side of the coin, being that there's a lot of hard things that people don't see. And this is something I've been thinking about a lot this past year is that, you know, kind of the idea of like mo money, mo problems. Yeah. And it's not that we have mo money. I mean, we're doing good, but it's more of like as we grow and expand, it feels more of like an energetic expansion and then also literal growth in our brand and the opportunities just comes a lot more opportunities for having to make really hard decisions and having really hard conversations. And I've had more hard conversations with you, with my sister, um, you know, just in business, trying to figure it all out. And it's not always easy. Like that's been really hard. And so specifically some of the things that have been really challenging is probably balancing being boss and braid creative. Whenever you decided to go more all in on being boss, I remember one of the hard conversations that we had was, and I decided to go more into braid or re-engage with braid, even if just energetically, the conversation was, okay, but can you match my time? Because there are operating agreements, there are conflicts of time, there are, um, you know, non-competes happening from both sides. And so it gets really, really tricky on both sides. And there are many times where I felt stuck between a rock and a hard place with Braid and being boss and how I, I'm one person. And so, There was this idea of like, can you match my time? And I was like, well, let's see. So I feel like I've kind of been in both places 100%. And I don't know how that's going to shift into this next year. I do feel like we set up systems and processes. And I did go really hard all year long. Um, So that's been challenging. But fortunately, things have been really easy on the family front. Like I feel real solid there. So I think that if things have been really hard at Braid, being boss, and my family, and not even hard, but just so many changes and so much growth, I would have been a mess. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then the other really difficult thing that just really stood out to me, and it weighed on me a lot, was the decision
1: to close the Facebook group. I know. That was, like i I hope people understand, or at least I hope the people who maybe saw it as a flippant decision or saw it as us taking something valuable away from them. I hope you understand how many conversations we have had about that Facebook group, which really which really ended up lending to this idea that we are spending too much of our energy. Just trying to figure out what to do with it, let alone actually like all the energy that went into keeping it alive and running and um, with integrity and like all of these things that that were really important to us. That Facebook group took up more of our time this year, I think, than it should have. But done and gone.
0: Well, part of that is that it really did test my values whenever it comes to things. Even politically, for example, right? Like, you know, it wasn't the it wasn't the black and white lines that were hard to enforce. It was all the gray areas. Like, do I kick someone out of the group for making a microaggression? You know, like racist statement towards someone else, or do I give them a warning? And why am I the person having to police this? Like, everyone in here is grown adults. Can't everyone be nice? I'm a grown adult and I own this group. I can just kick out whoever I want to. But like these are the things you guys, I got completely neurotic and that was just a small sampling of what it looked like to be in my head whenever it comes to one, one half hour. But then even the fact that I would spend a half hour deciding whether or not to kick someone out of a Facebook group. Right. That's t- I can get so much done in half an hour. <laughs> anyway, so a big part of it was just really looking at what our values are as a company for being boss, what our values are for our community and really deciding what is community and what is noise a distraction. Yeah. Yeah, and noise. And more than anything, like if I ever have frothy feelings, it's around feeling like um I'm just being noisy and not saying something that's meaningful or impactful. And those are our goals at being boss. And so I think that together, though, and what I learned through that is that the more I would communicate with you and with our team, like what's actually happening and what I'm actually feeling, the more solid I felt in my intentions and values and the more I could just get quiet And kind of like this, you said earlier, like this idea of staying small, that idea kept coming back to me throughout this year too. Like I feel like we're growing and I want to make sure that I'm not staying small because I'm scared and that it's really out of my value to stay nimble and to also, I mean, to just prioritize what's really most important.
1: Yeah. For sure. For sure. And I, that Facebook group was the biggest challenge and, and not even like figuring out how and when to close it, but so much of it was how do we keep it and make it valuable? Like we had that conversation almost as often as we did about all the reasons why we shouldn't have it as part of our, as part of our business model or as part of our brand or as part of our, like, how we help our community. It was just as many conversations for keeping it as not keeping it. And ultimately, it was getting rid of it. And and I haven't even told you this yet. I went onto my Facebook yesterday, which I never do, guys. I do not get on Facebook ever. But I ended up finding this place where you have all those messages from people who aren't your friends. Oh, yeah. Like, I found that space. Hundreds of messages from being Oh, hundreds. Like, group members who had either been kicked out for I don't know why I don't go in that group or had their had their um, posts reported as spam. And I was if I had known all of those were landing in my inbox, we would have closed the group months ago. For sure. I had no idea. I had no idea. And like, not all of them were kind either like by any means so it was just for me it was it was a high five (laughs) I think see I should have told you that (laughs) about the like unread requested messages no I had no idea they were there no idea and it was mind-blowing and just confirmation that 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 is not how we want to share and grow our brand but it's in it's with people who have quite a bit more integrity, I think, than a lot of those messages I was reading.
0: And, you know, I had kind of like a come to Jesus moment with this where I was like, okay, this is part of maturing as a leader. And as a leader, I'm going to have to make hard decisions for my community. Yeah. And um, I don't want this – I have like I have to make hard decisions for my kid and my community is not my child, but my child is not always happy whenever I cut him off from eating sugar for dinner. Right. And so I think that a lot of our community was like mostly disappointed or sad or they didn't understand why we were making the decision we we made. And but it was kind of one of those things where I was like, okay, I'm willing to take some flack. Because in the long run, I know that this is going to be better for you, too. Yes. And so that was definitely, like, a maturity moment. Like in hindsight my word for 2017 should be maturity
1: <laughs> because I feel like I grew up a lot this year I love it right and and that I think was one of the biggest deciding factors in closing the Facebook group was that whenever we think of where we want to nurture relationships with bosses like amongst themselves or them with us and vice versa it's not on Facebook it's not in the place where they're going to go in and see their uncle bitching about something stupid and like bringing their vibes down and it's it's not that noisy place it's somewhere else it's some Somewhere more intimate. It's somewhere where you're not going to Facebook to get away from the work that you need to do. Like you're supposed to be getting back to work right now. Um, so just the platform wasn't right. The... The way it had grown wasn't correct for what we wanted to accomplish. All these things. Like there were so many really amazing, mature conversations that went down um, that resulted in that. And I'm glad that we can go into 2018 with that energetic space reallocated for something other than a Facebook group. Oh, for sure. Because, you know,
0: after closing it, I was like, community, never again. I can't. Within probably a week of closing it, I could already feel space opening for meaningful connection, whatever that looks like next. And truly starting with a phone call with another creative, I had a chat with Jessica Mernan from One Part Podcast, and we've had her on our podcast before. And that moved the needle so much more. Like It was so energizing and inspiring just to have that one-on-one conversation. And I think that a lot of people are trying to get that feeling on Facebook whenever they really just need to get on the phone with a friend. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so I feel like that's a theme really going into 2018 is like, how can all of us start going within for our answers and stop looking for external validation or confirmation or formulas or noise? And how can we all stop contributing to that noise? And really just start tuning into what works best for us. What is it that we want to be doing with our days? Yeah. So going into 2018, let's
1: talk about our word for the year. Right? Last year or this year? 2017 or 2018? Oh, because I don't have my 2018 yet. Like, as of recording this, you I'm need a few more not days. ready to have that conversation. We can do that in like a mini sode or something coming up really soon.
0: <laughs> Good call. Yeah, I'm not ready. I guess I'm not ready for it either. But like, whenever I think about themes coming into 2018, I think definitely that idea of. Like, I, I want to explore this year the idea of staying small without necessarily contracting. Right. Or maybe contracting without staying small. Or, like, just some sort of... I'm going to play around with this one a little oh, bit. Oh, I like where you're going with it, though. If you have ideas, tag me on Instagram. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So then let's talk about our word from 2017. So this past year, every year, we start off our year with a word of the year. And it helps us really establish themes and intentions and values that really drive what we want to cultivate or nurture in our lives or even how we make decisions.
1: So, Emily, what was your word of the year for 2017? My word of the year was strength. And I didn't see it as like push-ups and arm curls or anything like that. I saw it more of an idea of intentional balance Or bringing things into balance. And for me, the thing that came up most was a balance between like masculine and feminine energies or yin and yang or however you want to look at it. Um, This idea of being able to be assertive and powerful, but also be super receptive and quiet, like being able to go back and forth between the two. Because for me personally, those things are, I mean, I guess for everyone, they're relatively polar opposites. But for me... I feel how polar opposite they are within myself. And so I spend a lot of year thinking about masculine and feminine energies, both how I exert them, but also how they show up in my life and how they affect me from the outside in. Um which has been super interesting and in how that balance um relates to strength because I don't think that I don't think that if for example a man who sees himself as purely masculine is very s- strong at all. I feel like he's probably meek and small in so many ways and I feel like um someone who is purely feminine is also the exact same like I think there's strength in finding balance between those two energies so that's been something that I've been trying to focus on and this along the same lines the the under the idea of like understanding things and then like wielding power and like using the things you understand to to assert yourself and I think again that's sort of that balance between feminine and masculine um so that's been my word of the year and it's come up for me a ton and also the idea of strength is (laughs) I was telling you the other day I feel like the entire year has been me standing here asserting myself and like holding my ground and my values in place and in so many ways just being beaten with sticks <laughs> this idea of like I'm here and I'm showing up and I'm doing the thing but everyone's got a bone to pick everyone's got an issue with something or everyone wants to change something or assert themselves and in, in ways that are opposite of what I'm doing Um, and not <laughs> I feel like that feels really dramatic but it also feels super true to what how my year has felt I sort of wonder if it's been like one of those self-fulfilling prophecies like I chose strength so I've been fucking tested to see how it how I could show up for it and I think I've I think I've done fairly well I've had a couple of of dark moments um, but I definitely feel like I'm coming out on the other side stronger for it for all the things and whether that's um, for example this summer I spend a ton of time traveling and me being home and comfortable and in my safe space like I'm a cancer, for example, like me being home is super important to me. Me spending two months traveling every single week, like I think I spent six weeks where I was not home on a weekend, um, which for some people are like, oh, you know, I do that all the time. But for me, that's like detrimental in so many ways. Um, so just little things like that have tested me in ways That maybe because I was focusing on strength, I focused on how much they were testing me all that much more. Um, But it's been a trying year. But again, I think I'm coming out on the other side pretty all right.
0: Yeah. And I think that you're probably one of the strongest people I know. Like, ride or die, I'm in a ditch. I'm calling you. (laughs) You can like – Please do. (laughs) Get all the people beating you with sticks off of you and come save my life. Right, what's
1: going to happen is in a minute, I'm going to snatch one of those sticks off of somebody and I'm going to go running after everyone. (laughs) No,
0: I loved your word of the year. And I think that, you know, because you and I have always held each other accountable to our intentions, I always am holding space for your intention in my mind. It's almost like... Your intentions always kind of become my intentions too. Right. Is that codependent? Maybe
1: a little bit. No, I, I think actually, I think that's part of the the magic of sharing intentions. And it's something that I do. I've started doing it with other people because I've seen how much, um, how much I get from sharing them with you that now David and I will do it. We'll share our intentions and sort of go back and forth. Um, and in, in, right back at you, like I have definitely held space for your intention and even thought like when we're together, like how can I bring this intention up for Kathleen? Like, what can I do to make this even better for And so I think that that is, um, I think that's a very, I think it's a powerful part of the practice of intention setting and also sharing them with others. Because it's not just having them hold you accountable, but it's them holding space for you as well. Yeah. Okay, so my intention for 2017
0: was the word magic. And part of this was really wanting to bring ritual and intention and like manifesting spirituality into the physical world and so I do this in a lot of ways like whenever I'm working out I think about the spirituality of my body for example like how lucky we are to be souls in this world with bodies and so for me increasing my deadlift is a spiritual act But I wanted to really tap into the magical side of things. And I know that magic is having its moment. um, But for me, it's been something that has always felt really true to me. And it's something that I've been really wanting to come back to more specifically this year through rituals. Like, for example, you know, we've talked about this with um, Ezzie Spencer about, you know, setting intentions with the moon I know that she's real into the lunar abundance and that's something that we've been practicing for a long time. You know, Or we'll talk to Bridget from Biddy Tarot about tarot and like, really integrating that into our spiritual practices. Or we'll go on and vacation so I... with
1: bosses and everyone will go crystal shopping together. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> and we like included a tarot spread in our Being Boss New Orleans zine that we had created. So basically our itinerary had a tarot spread attached. And so I've really embraced the woo, but I was wanting to get real disciplined with it, like really making it an intention. And I know that that can even feel like it squeezes the magic out of it, but I don't think it does. I think that it's a practice just like anything else is a practice, right? And so I was really wanting to cultivate and nurture magic in my life, specifically around those monthly rituals, but also around really just acknowledging and recognizing synchronicities and those, you know, magical moments. And I have to tell you, I feel like I totally failed. (laughs) I started the year really strong and was doing daily tarot card pulls and really Um, you know, writing down my intentions at the new moon and burning it and really setting myself up for success. And then at some point, I think like anyone on a spiritual journey has, I started just being like, what is this? Like, is this even real? And kind of having that self-doubt, but then also getting real caught up in the daily grind and just being like, I don't have time. I don't have time to see synchronicity. And the thing is, is that I know this, and you know this, and all you listeners know this, like, it really is what we focus on grows, and that's what shows up for us, right? And I was so focused on just, like, the grind, and the work, and the hard decisions, that decisions started feeling harder, and I felt like there wasn't a lot of space for the things that I really wanted to nurture or see, which was a bunch of synchronicity. I just wanted, like, little things, like seeing the same time on all the clocks all the time, for example, or... Um, I don't know. And I, I know that I had some toward the end of the year and toward the beginning of the year there. I just wanted like daily synchronicities and that didn't necessarily show up for me. I don't know. That's a failure. It was maybe <laughs> a little disappointing. And then I also lost discipline around it. And discipline is probably one of those values that's really important to me. Like I, the things that I am disciplined about, I'm real disciplined about. And so I think I'm going to try again this year. Yeah gonna repeat or I mean I don't know if I'm gonna do a repeat on my word but definitely you know we've talked about this before where our words layer on top of each other from year to year and so intentions that really were meaningful for us you know from one year might start to carry over into the next so I definitely think it's something I want to carry over I want to see synchronicities and I want for life to feel magical and It really is. Like that's that kind of maturity level and coming back to your intention of strength. I think that toward the end of the year, I found the maturity and strength to find magic even whenever things don't always
1: feel like puppies and rainbows. I love that. I also hope, maybe, we'll see, that you've unintentionally done quite a bit of magic this year and you just won't know it for a minute.
0: Right. I mean, this is the other thing is that I believe I'm magic and I believe that we all are magic and we're all part of that, you know, spider web of magic. And it's funny because our, um, you know, right hand gal, Caitlin, she sent us these spider web rings and it was like, just know that you are busy like crafting this spider web and that is going to come to fruition. And so that visual was really meaningful for me and it made me feel Like, I'm still accomplishing, like I'm still in the middle of my spider web and I'm still in the middle of that story. And so I agree. I feel like I've created magic and I feel like I'm still really amazing at manifesting stuff like chalkboard method. And, you know, that's just kind of like a part of my daily life. But I was really wanting that next level, like.
1: You still have almost like show of it, right? You still have a moment left. Actually, you still have like a lifetime left, but because we're recording, it's a little bit early you're not done yet with the year. So true. Can't wait to see what you do. <laughs> it better not be anything in my direction. <laughs> I'm just can't be. Only positive right? things. Only good things. Only good things. We're in that boat together. <laughs> Amen to that. I love it. You know,
0: and that's something that like I really am kind of proud of this past year is that as hard as it was, I feel like I was really intentional about within all my partnerships. So, like with you, with my sister who I own braid with and with my husband, just really making sure that we remain on the same team because it can be so easy to go after someone whenever you're in it together. Right. And so just really being sure like,
1: Hey, we're on the same team. We have the same goals. What do we need to do? Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with that. I do feel like that has actually been a total highlight of my year It's like, I feel like I've done a super actually. And that was, that was, How great is this? That was one of my like plans for my year of strength was in building my support system. It was building and strengthening my support system so that it wasn't just me doing all the things, um, but it was me and my like all of my life partners, like all of you guys. So and that and not just you, though, that's been a totally huge part of it. And not just David, though, that's like equally (laughs) that big of a part of it. But in other relationships that I have with friends, like I feel like I've done a better job this year of staying connected to the people who are important to me than I ever have. Um, And that's definitely been a highlight and has helped me through the stick beatings (laughs) (laughs) for sure. Sure. All right, let's talk about twenty eighteen. How are we gonna prepare for this next year? First, I'm gonna let's... take a long winter's nap. That's for damn sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so again, we're recording this early because we're taking the month of December off. Yes, and yes. Emily's going to sleep through December. I'm
1: going to take a long winter's nap. Um, right, so actually this is this is something I've been I've been thinking about all year, and it actually started early December last year. This idea of of not just living seasonally in the way that, like, Martha Stewart talks about living seasonally and your, you know, uh, nutritionist tells you to eat seasonally. But, like, really, for real, living seasonally has been something I've been thinking about a lot. So, for me, part of my hardcore plan for preparing for the new year, um, and you can do this, like, even just after the new year for everyone who's listening to this, is really spending my winter – going super deep in, like just like all those little plants out there in the dirt, all those little seeds that are like hanging out in the dark earth and just like waiting out um, for the sun to come back out. Like that's what I'm spending my winter doing to prepare for the new year is I'm going to take a long winter's nap. (laughs) No jokes. So that's a big one for me. I love that so much. You know, we do a thing called a
0: CEO day for ourselves where we crunch numbers and we look at the year ahead. And one of the tools that we have in that is really planning out 12 months ahead. And we look at it month by month, like what do we want to market? What are our revenue goals? You know, what do we need to prep for in order to launch a thing the next month? When are we launching things? We even put our vacations in there. And I love the idea of even just busting that into you know winter spring summer and fall and thinking about it from a more holistic level right yeah to really think about like how do the seasons affect our businesses and not even just like this is usually a slow season or this is usually a busy season but what does it mean for our productivity and our ability to rest and our ability to um, be inspired and motivated and That Sometimes it's okay to be tired and hibernate all winter long. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Well, and, you know, last year was the first year that we did our December off. And we both came out of it saying, done. We will do this every December for the rest of forever because it was amazing. Um, And then this year we're doing it. And... I feel like we've already naturally begun that cycle of like, we understand that December is the month, like the dead of winter is the month when we need to pull back, when like we need to pull back and we need to focus on our home and those people closest to us and not everyone around us or even our team or even like the work that we're doing. Like it's really coming back to the super personal And so I love that we've already naturally done that, or we've already naturally begun the process without even realizing it. Um, And I'm super interested and excited about working that into how it is that we work moving forward. Because one of the things that I have learned this year um, since, you know, having that little inkling about this time last year, um, that this needed needed to be a more mindful part of our process, not just like how it is we work, but how it is we work as like human beings on the planet Earth, which is such a ridiculous sentence coming out of my mouth. I know that for sure. Um, But it's true, and we are here, and we are affected by the seasons. Um, So I do plan on taking my CEO day and my 12-month marketing plan and really adjusting how we do business with or in terms of or keeping in mind how the seasons affect us i know i'm much more productive in spring and summer than i am in the fall and winter and fall is when i need to start winding down so how can we plan our business in a way that that matches our own energy um I think mean, whenever you yeah, can do that, yeah. Could
0: we also do photo shoots only whenever I'm ovulating? Because I look so good at that time. Right? Of the
1: month. I like to do it just before my period because then I feel like I'm less bloated than usual.
0: <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. Yeah. And then once period hits, though, I'm super bloated.
0: No, I was kind of saying that as a joke, but like, There is something to, especially as women, like our own monthly cycles of creativity and productivity and, you know, like we're talking about seasonally, but I think it even comes down to monthly
1: and then weekly and daily. Well, see, here's the thing, though, is like even we're just talking about Ezzy, like even lunar abundance is something that I have a really hard time connecting with. And I think it's because like even a month long cycle is too short for me. For me, I've found that starting with those year-long cycles of really seeing those very large picture ebbs and flows um, is where I need to start before I can start like really moving down into those more minute cycles. And I absolutely believe that they are there and I want to tap into them. But for me, I need to start wider before and like, and really do it because society is not Totally up with you taking December off. Like, as we've been telling everyone, like our team and our contractors and all the people in our lives that depend on us, that we're taking December off, they're like, What? Why are you doing this? And we're like, Because, like, we have to. Society is not, I don't know, totally up to par with actually living seasonally. See, and that's so funny because I feel like I'm kind of on that daily. Like the we the would daily be the exact opposite kind of rhythm. I love it. I know. Good. We just. Like I love the yearly
0: rhythm because I think that as we get older, time moves faster, and looking at our, you know, years, year long chunks. I don't know. It does make a lot of sense. Like, and it makes me feel more patient. Yeah. If that makes yes, sense, yes. and it helps me find more balance. But you know, even daily, people look at me like I'm crazy whenever I say I'm not available to do anything until. 11 a.m. Because before that, I'm doing all my self care stuff. So, right. like working out, getting ready for the day, getting some writing done. Right. That's not entirely socially acceptable either. Right. But you just do it, break all the rules yeah. and do what you want. Our <laughs> boss is on our term. So, one of the things that we do is the CEO day. Mm-hmm. And As we were really looking at our goals from the last year and all the things that we've tried to offer our community and create to like better serve the bosses that need our help, that listen to the podcast, that are going to buy our book in April, that, you know, are wanting more from us beyond the podcast, we've tried a bunch of things and we're known for testing and changing and seeing what works and what doesn't, and so We really went within and we were like, what is the one thing that we do in our business that really moves the needle for us? Like, what is it that really allows us to get strategic, to get organized, to get motivated and inspired and make better decisions through the whole year to set goals, intentions, values, you know, really blending the emotional side of running your own business with like, the profitable side or the money side of running your own business. And so we have actually packaged up what we do
1: to make it do in our CEO day kit. Yeah, for sure. Whenever we also think about what we do that's most impactful that we're already doing, like the Clubhouse has been a fun time for sure. And that two day online retreat that we included in Clubhouse was so impactful and so amazing for the people who are doing it. Being able to go through the content, um, that really has been our CEO day. We decided like it was time to repackage up that content and even tweaking it in a way that it's even more true to how it is that we run our own CEO days. Like Kathleen and I do this every month. We sit down and we look at our numbers. We look at our marketing plans. We make sure that as bosses, as bosses of our businesses and of our companies, um, of of our lives, but businesses is the purpose of this. Um, There were a couple of steps that we took every month or every quarter or definitely every year that helped us get these like CEO 30,000 foot view of our company so that we could then dive in on the daily basis and do the thing. And so this has absolutely been the most impactful things that we've done for our businesses and has helped us move forward. And CEO day kit is now something that any old boss can snag up for themselves.
0: But you know, the thing that I really appreciate about it is that it it forces you to look at what's working and what's not for yourself. And it really allows you to define your own rules You know, I think that I get caught up in it like, oh my gosh, do I need Facebook ads? Do I need to grow my list? What do I need to be doing? Like things are changing all the time. And whenever I can just really get honest with myself and put pen to paper with a little bit of guidance, I'm able to work in a way that feels so much more aligned and true to who I am. Will I have a $1 million launch? Yeah, probably not. But you know Not with that attitude. (laughs) I know, but you know what? Like, I guess that's where I get caught up and, you know, start feeling bad about myself as a boss. But like whenever I can really get honest with myself about what I want to accomplish over the next year, it always points me in the right direction. And it really does come from within. And I think that that's something we've been preaching for so long. And going within can sometimes be really scary. So I like that we've created the tools and guidance for and the space for going within so that you don't have to I mean you're gonna do it alone because that's another thing like we don't think that you need more people telling you what to do that you can figure it out um but you know
1: we're right there with you right so but you're alone but we're kind of with you (laughs) (laughs) but you're alone no we are with you So about this time, about the time this episode airs, Kathleen and I will be having our first CEO day of 2018 and sitting down and planning everything that we need to do for the next year and making sure that it's aligned with us and our values and that we're setting our intentions, which is our favorite practice for growing our business and becoming more mature adults, apparently. Um, So if you want in on CEO day, um, if you want to have the exact steps and exercises that we're doing to plan our business, then you can go check out CEO Day Kit for yourself. We've packaged it up, a couple video lessons, couple worksheets, easy peasy, not anything too terribly fancy, but just enough for you to put pen to paper to plan your year. And where can our listeners find that? You can find CEO Day Kit at courses.beingboss.club. It's all there.
0: All right. So we are out of time. We need to wrap this up. But next time we have a business bestie chat that we publish to go live, I want to talk about goal setting and what we do to set big goals and what that looks like.
1: Let's do it because New Year always brings out Emily's ability to make fucking ridiculous goals. So let's see what we got up our sleeves this year. Get a chat with you, Kathleen. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited you am excited that 2017 and is done.
0: <laughs> oh, that was that was rough, but it was good. And for all of you listeners who have been along for the ride, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging with us through such a year of growth and expansion.
1: And we hope to get to hang with you throughout this whole next year too. Right, another year of being boss. So excited! Thank you, everyone. We have gotten so much amazing feedback over the years from listeners about how our podcast has helped them start to grow and uplevel their businesses, so we want to celebrate you. Here's the boss we're celebrating this week.
0: Hi, my name is Marie Levy Pabst, and I am Bean Boss. I teach parents how to maximize their time and energy on what matters most in their lives using systems, and I do it through my business, Create Balance, at www.createbalancedlife.com. And this week, I'm celebrating wrapping up my first corporate gig, my first corporate workshop. It was amazing, super fun, and I wore heels the entire time and did not fall. And I'm calling that a boss win. If you're feeling boss and want to submit your own boss moment or win, go to www.beingboss.club/ I am being boss. This episode of Being Boss was brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Thank you to FreshBooks for sponsoring us. And you guys can try it for free by going to freshbooks.com slash being boss. Thank you so much to our team and sponsors who make Being Boss possible. Our sound engineer and web developer, Corey Winter. Our editorial director and content manager, Caitlin Brain. Our community manager and social media director, Sharon Lukey. And our being counter, David Austin. With support from Braid Creative and Indie Shopography. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you
1: next week.